lasses, and welcome to episode 14 of the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Tonight, we've got a lot to cover as we'll discuss the conclusion of the English season, the continuation of Hashtag MLS's back tournament, and most importantly, the news that there will one day be news about MLS for the Lou. We've got a podcast to tell you that there will one day be a podcast, so let's kick off. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Soccer Talk Lads, or STL Podcast. It is Monday, July 27th. We are safely quarantined at home, and we are speaking from different sides of the state of Missouri, as we usually do. Justin, sometimes I forget that you're over there. How is it? How is I can't it go anywhere. Side? I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> is, it a, is it a national disgrace, like our side of the state? Or Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all the same state. That's true. Yeah, well, well, you know, but did Deborah Burke specifically call you out by name? Because she did us. So, you know, good news, good stuff. We're famous. <laughs> That's right. As always, St. Louis gets in the headlines for the best reasons. Um, but we're not here to talk about, well, I mean, other than tangentially talk about the coronavirus, we're here to talk about uh, soccer and Liverpool being Premier League champions, which we don't need to dwell on. I just needed to remind people that it happened. And uh, most importantly, I think we just jump right into the home news, which is both exciting and disappointing, as St. Louis does such a good job of blending regularly. Uh, we haven't had any news in a while. Yeah. I feel like well, the past year. Exactly. <laughs> it has been way too long. Uh, the bad end of the news, of course, is that our debut in the MLS has been pushed back to 2023, uh, so an additional year's wait for uh, the podcast, which is the most important thing waiting for this franchise, not any of the fans, but our podcast. I was thinking about the other day how uh, our podcast will have existed longer before this team exists than our other podcast, the hockey podcast, existed before the Blues won the Stanley Cup. So, wow. kind of depressing. <laughs> but you know what? We're in it for the long haul. We're in it to Ian's going to actually so. know about soccer before this team. Yeah, Ian's going to be like a central defender, central midfield defender before this team is up. He's gonna be if like, I don't know shit. what that is by the time this team exists. <laughs> you can be, be a next. failure on my part. It's all on me. Uh, but the other, the, the happy side of the news is that, uh, Carolyn Kendall Betts, am I saying that right? I feel, CKB. I feel like I screwed that up for some reason. There were too many, <laughs> too many syllables. Uh, she announced that the team will announce the name and colors and badge and, and the whole shebang, uh, a Seattle Kraken style announcement, if you will, on August 13th. So just about two weeks away, just a little over two weeks from now, we will know what this team will be called and what they will not be called, uh, what they will look like. Uh, over the course of today, we outlawed or ruled out some fantastic fan submissions, including the St. Louis Ravioli Boys, 
uh, Lou Ventus, <laughs> which was a particular favorite of mine. I'm, I'm, I like Lou Ventus. The uh, laser snakes, which we'll discuss in a moment, and I think we can agree most tragically the St. Louis Capybara, which, which if there was going to be a fan rebellion and insurrection around one of these team names, to me the Capybara all the way. What are your thoughts, Justin? They're at the zoo. They're adorable. Have you guys ever seen the Capybara exhibit? This I have. Oh ones. yes, <laughs> so yes. They are the size of a small truck, like a small truck. But, uh, you know. They weigh as much as the human does. Now, let's get into it. Let's get into some capybara facts here for you guys. I know you're thinking to yourself, like, why would a capybara be a good mascot? Why would that be a good name? Well, did you know that despite being weighing as much as humans, they can run up to 22 miles per hour? That's pretty fast. It's a pretty not. fast rodent. World's largest rodent. Uh, they live in large troops of 10 to 20. They have continuous growing teeth. Their teeth are always growing. Uh, they're known as nature's ottomans because they'll let birds just sit on their back. Those, those are your Captain America. <laughs> Fantastic. I thought we were talking of the Ottoman Empire. I was like, they took over half the world? Yes, that as well. Build your own <laughs> little known fact. Little known fact. Ottoman Empire run by capybaras. So. Also herbivores, so they're green conscious. They're progressive, mm-hmm. you know. And fan- fantastic swimmers. And I think most, ador- most uh, importantly, a, an adorable animal. Right. I mean, we can't overstate that. Everything that is potentially bad about rodents, they get rid of, and they have all the good stuff. Right. They are cute. Their face is very, like, square and rounded, so it doesn't look all devilish, like a normal, like, rat or something. They're just, uh, they're just docile and sweet and amazing. So, I just think this should be the team name. Now I'm going to be disappointed by whatever they choose, (laughs) but, They're from South America, and that's screams that screams exactly that's how we that's how we convince the south american stars to come in we got capybaras (laughs) that's right uh so we did have some team name unveilings this week across sports the seattle kraken as we have already mentioned uh debuted their name in the nhl but also charlotte fc who are set to join the mls in uh, 2022 announced that they would be called Charlotte FC, which is kind of boring. They also debuted their crest, which I like, and uh, they debuted their colors, which are black and blue. It occurs to me that they were kind of limited to black and blue, considering they're choosing to play in the existing uh, Panthers stadium, and the whole thing is Panthers colors, so it would be odd for them to be a different color. Uh, but Ian, why don't you tell us your thoughts first on Charlotte FC and this crest and everything going on there? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm digging it. I like the colors. I didn't realize that, yes, that they'd be playing the same place as the Panthers. Uh, so I, I suppose that makes sense. The color scheme and all, I like that they have the crown there. They are the Queen City after all. Uh, which would be disputed by 37 other United States cities, I believe. Uh, <laughs> some of which are in are in the MLS, Cincinnati, perhaps. Uh, maybe maybe Bangor, Maine would have something to say. Del Rio, Texas. <laughs> Burlington, Vermont. Seattle, Washington. Wow, the list goes on. Um, oh, Eureka, California. I almost thought it was our own Eureka, Missouri. <laughs> what a bold claim that would be for Eureka, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Queen City. Um, yeah, no, I think I like the crest a lot. Um, 
I will like the jersey just fine when they show it. The kit, as 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 people say, is that the thing? Some people say kit. Yeah, you um, got it. You got it. Probably not. I, do they do that in MLS a lot, Justin? Probably not until next year, I think, because they have to do the whole run it through the Adidas lens first, and they're always messing with the templates and stuff. So oh. I'm sure they'll have an all the black or an all white kit, so you can envision what that's going to look like. It'll look like every other team's away kit. Uh-huh. <laughs> they need to get rid of they need to get rid of those stripes on the shoulder that everyone must have. The Adidas stripes, like they're cool yeah. on one jersey or two, and now that I see them all the time, I'm like, no, 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 no. I saw. We I talked about that. We previewed it. It looked cool, but then like now that every team has played in theirs, it's definitely noticeable. I saw those stripes on somebody's shirt or jacket, just like in public, and I assumed they were Adidas stripes. I don't actually know, but I was like, man, you're owned. You're owned by the corporation. And then I, <laughs> you know, I yelled at him. No, I didn't do that, but I was like, oh. He actually is uh, just an Adidas boy. So I guess that's what Adidas wants, right? Is they want the brand recognition. It's true. So it's working. In case you'd never heard of Adidas before. That's right. In case you'd missed the memo. Justin, how do you feel about the whole Charlotte FC package? I like it. Like, I, it's simple, which can be a good and a bad thing. Um, like, it's one of those things I think will age well, mm-hmm. you know, even though it wasn't like flash at the beginning. I think the whole presentation of like giving us a list of names and picking the most boring name on that list of names is a little bit lacking. (laughs) I didn't really like that. Um, And then like compared to the whole presentation of the Kraken, like the next day after Seattle, after Charlotte unveiled their name, Mm -hmm. it was a little bit underwhelming seeing all the effort that like Seattle put into their unveiling and Charlotte had just as much time and they, I don't know. It was just simple. Which I guess is fine. It just wasn't, it didn't blow me away necessarily. Yeah. But I like, I think it's a clean look as far as like the crest. And I like the alternate like letters and everything. Mm-hmm. So I like the newly minted part of it being as they're like the financial, all their like financial things going on in the city. So Yeah, that is cool. I think this is like overwhelmingly safe. Yeah. Which is not exclusive way of criticism. I mean, it works, you know, it's a, it's a queen package and it's fine. Uh, but, you know, the Kraken, on the other hand, just because of the contrast of proximity are like on the extreme end of, of risk-taking and daring. Um, and I'd like maybe, I'd like maybe for STL, whatever it is, to be in the middle there of between those two. Although I think the middle can be where you're in the most danger because you can both be boring and you know, abnormal and then really yeah, be in trouble. You kind of have to steer into it one way like or the St. other. St. Louis Archers, I feel like, is right in that space where it's like, oh, this was safe, but it was bad. <laughs> legacy, oh, legacy no. is there too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. uh, so what do you guys think, what impact do you think this has, if any, on uh, how we will feel about the STL news when it comes? I mean, it definitely gives them a chance to like look at the general story what everyone's saying about it um i mean i'm sure they already have it like i think they they probably have had the crest and everything designed for a while now Mm -hmm. but like i would like them to have a little bit more of a presentation when they go to unveil it yeah i agree and i i would like a little more fanfare i suppose and i guess maybe just being a homer i feel like there will be i hope so if i 
I don't know why I think that because it doesn't seem like they've drummed up much yet, but that's like, I hold out hope that they will. Um, it was a little disappointing that we got an announcement that was an announcement is to come announcement. Um, we kind of, you know, cardboard fans, yeah. cardboard fans. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, and I'm psyched because I want to, I want a, uh, I want a scarf, but, um, I would also like there to be some sort of, uh, excitement around this, this team. And it's, it is just such a bummer that it's going to be a whole extra year. Um, but I'm glad that they have the name and that they're going to be showing off colors and everything. Cause I think that at least, at least stokes the fire a little bit, keeps people interested, but I'm, I think they're going to have to have a pretty aggressive, um, pretty aggressive campaign here, like on social media and just through like traditional media too, to keep people interested in what's going on. Yeah, I agree with that. I think also they've got, a pretty high bar to live up to in St. Louis because I mean their their two athletic neighbors have really iconic logos in their respective sports and really across sports. I think you routinely will see both the Blues and Cardinals logos ranked near the highest you know rung of of all uh, American athletic logos. So I don't think they're gonna you know take take it lightly. Uh, so I ex- I expect a good product with it, but it is such a, it's such a big, you know, it's it's such a big part of the team. It really is just the identity and and your first point to connect with something beyond. Oh, cool! The sport I like is coming to this city. You know, it, it actually gives them an identity and a, an opportunity for um, for fans to connect. So I think. I'm excited for it, but I'm a, I'm a little apprehensive. I don't know, Justin, how do you feel about the Yeah, I mean, thing? I'm excited. Like, I I kind of am, like, what Ian said, I'm disappointed that they had to push back to 2023. And I was actually, like, talking to my family about it this, like, after the announcement. They were, like, kind of disappointed about it, too, which I think is the general consensus. But I think it gives them an opportunity to actually hire soccer people, which they mm. haven't done yet. Like, their personnel... Like, they kind of announced Dan Flynn, but they haven't announced Dan Flynn yet. And that's, like, it for the front office and soccer personnel. So I think it – I was actually kind of writing about this this week. It kind of gives them an opportunity to kind of feel it out a little bit. And obviously with the pandemic going on, it's probably a little bit harder to convince people to come to St. Louis, like, if that is what you're trying to do right now. Um, So at least it gives people – another, it gives CKB and just the group in general another year to – fully flesh out the front office and flesh out the soccer people and decide kind of what they're going to do as far as like the soccer operations go. Cause as you know, like that's going to be the most important thing and you can have as long as it isn't Chicago fire, bad logo. Um, as long as you win, it's good. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's a good point. And I think the reality is they probably could have pulled it off by 2022. I guess we should say that the the reasoning wasn't that the stadium wouldn't be ready necessarily uh, as much as it was that they needed more time to hire staff and build a, a front office because the pandemic had delayed that sort of stuff. And I don't I don't totally buy that. I mean, I, I think it's probably a, a mixture of things and that's just... The I think most, they were behind already yeah. and then like with the pandemic, he just... Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think that's just the most forward-facing one. But mm-hmm. as much as it's a personal disappointment because I want to see this team and I want us to have, you know, a specific team to talk about, I do think it's 
it's going to be better for the team in the long run if they have that right infrastructure in place and are really, you know, well built from the ground up instead of just trying to slapdash together whatever they can to get ready in, you know, 18 months, which is really what it would be when you think about it from now that they would be starting. And that's that's a pretty tight timeline, especially when nobody really knows what the conclusion of this, you know, pandemic story is. We don't know if, you know, the MLS next season, when they start in the spring, will be full-capacity fans or half-capacity or no-capacity or or what any of that looks like for any sport. So with all of that up in the air and, you know, them not being comfortable with getting ready, it's it sucks, but I don't think it's something to get too worked up about. You know, I think I do, I do have some general kind of anxiety with this management group because it doesn't seem like they've gotten a lot right yet i don't know you guys can say if you disagree with that but i feel like the logo and the name is a big opportunity for them to say okay we actually are on the right track here and we we do have a finger on the pulse uh but right now it's like i'm not so sure because it just has felt like you know when we were talking about before the pandemic that it felt like the momentum was stagnating so i don't know how do you guys feel about all that yeah, I think it'll just give him time to set up for the future. There is, a, I think Matt Doyle put out a thing today that like no MLS team, or like 13 out of the 15 MLS teams that have won the league the past 15 years, I guess, um, haven't employed like a full data analysis like staff. So it gives him time to like get those things right, like the long-term scouting, figuring out the youth academy, figuring out like, if they're going to employ like data analytics, which seems like it's getting more and more important, especially when they're trying to find like efficient transfers mm-hmm. and it gives like the transfer market time to settle down from what's going on right now and everything as well. So I like the long-term outlook, you know, it's more of a, they're going to have to show me by who they put in charge of all that. Cause obviously they're not going to be running the soccer side. And I think I have a lot of faith in Dan Flynn and I have a lot of faith that they'll put the right people in charge, but it remains to be seen as of right now. I mean, I'll be excited either way. I supported the Blues when they were terrible. I'll support this team when they're bad. But. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I, I do think the people in place already are going to prevent it from being a Cincinnati-level embarrassment, you know? Yeah, but that's kind of... That is the... That's the benchmark. That is the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, the more time they have to develop all that, the better and... I don't really take issue with it other than it's just personally disappointing because you want to see the product on the field. Ian, you have anything to add on any of that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's you could, I can just echo the same stuff, but it's just kind of disappointing to have to wait that long. But I think it makes me, it gives me higher expectations, I think, just because they have so much time to plan now. And like Justin was saying, have the right people in place to make those soccer decisions. Because I think they have like the fine front office as far as I can tell in terms of just like kickstarting this team. But when it comes to actually building the team and having like a sustainable team that can run and is a hopefully a contender out the gate, at least, you know, or fun to watch, that's all another story. And I think uh, listening to Puck Soup, a hockey podcast recently, and they were talking about the Kraken and how the Kraken's kind of a silly name or they didn't all enjoy it, but they're like, you know what, it's going to be an accepted name and an okay name if they come out and they're competitive right away. And so I think you get your three-year gap between when they announce the there's going to be a, 
a team. There's going to be, you know, here's the crest, here's the colors. Um, and all this, all this fanfare dies down, but I think you're going to have that gap wash away if you have a team that's competitive and enjoyable right away. And I think, I think they need to make that paramount, you know, when it comes to putting this team together is you really got to come out the gate being like, I know you waited this long, but you know, it was worth the wait. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and the more, the more they wait, the more likely that is. And, you know, with the pandemic stuff, who knows how that would complicate it if you tried to pull it off in 18 months. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's happening either way. So I guess no no amount <laughs> of our complaining about it would change that, even if we were want to. So, Hashtag uh, it's happening. That's right. So why don't we move on to some Premier League news or, uh, you know, conclusion news. Speaking of leagues that are happening. That's right. Well, you know, we're happening now. Now we've concluded everything uh but there as always the great element of relegation uh and uh top four for the champions league uh there's always a lot on the line in the final game of the season you know those top eight spots are all going to a european competition assuming that those resume next year and the bottom three teams are getting relegated um liverpool had its title ceremony you know, bizarre that it's in an empty stadium, obviously. Uh, but how'd you feel about those music choices, Stephen? It seemed a little bit odd to me. Yeah, I mean, the whole <laughs> thing was odd, right? I mean, it's it's kind of a manufactured thing in two respects. Not only is it in an empty stadium, but you knew that they were champions like two or three weeks ago. So it's like, you know, I, as much as I loved the Woos lifting the Stanley Cup, if they'd done it on like September 6th, I think that would have been kind of muted the excitement about it, you know? Um, but, you know, it's it's the fulfillment of a 30-year dream for a lot of folks. I think I don't, I don't associate enough with lifting the trophy and I haven't seen it done enough to probably feel as, as emotional about that particular element uh, as probably British fans would. But I am, I'm excited that it happened. Uh, Jurgen Klopp is, as always, a fantastic uh, drunk, even if he's completely sober, which <laughs> it's always hard to tell. Um, it's very jolly. Yeah. Which, which leads the qualities to being a good drunk. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's always fun. Man City looks to uh, looks still dominant in second place. Do you love that, uh, Justin? Is that your favorite thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> I have no words. I mean, they are what they are. Like, you know what City is. They are still a bit weak in the back four. Who knows if that's going to change. Next year is really interesting to me because I think, like, City is still, like, good and Liverpool is still, like, good. And our boy, Zach Steffen, will be the backup goalkeeper at City, which is a little bit uh, bittersweet for me as a United fan. Um, And, like, wondering if United or Chelsea can close that gap or if Tottenham or Arsenal can ever get their game together. So next year, it looks like those storylines, especially with City still looking so dominant, are going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's going to be this next World Cup, but American talent are kind of slowly sneaking their way into the elite ranks of, of the world game. Um, obviously not in the numbers that, you know, any, any dominant soccer nation has, but you look at guys like Pulisic and 
uh, Stefan and other other guys who are sneaking up to that top level of the Premier League and the and the Bundesliga. It's I don't think yeah we've never had a time where this many young Americans, especially, were playing yeah. like in Europe. Because yeah. like with our last quote unquote golden generation, but with like Donovan and Dempsey, like that group, none of them really played in Europe outside of like Tim Howard and Dempsey. Yeah. So Stefan's just twenty five, which is a a child for a soccer goalie, you know, so. And, and back up Ederson. I just love that. I love the arrangement. I know people are not feeling it because they think he needs starting time, but I don't know. I think it'll be so good for him mm-hmm. in his development. And he'll still be starting for the U.S., so. McKinney's 21, Pulisic is 21, so. Well, know. Serginho Dest is also 20, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So it's just, it's, it's exciting. I'm, uh. I'm excited to see, you know, you were talking about last night how old Michael Bradley looked in that uh, uh, game against New York City FC. Father Time has definitely caught up to one Michael Bradley. Yeah, that is 100%. That, that's, that happens, right? Like, that's natural, and that's it's good to know that I think the next generation is, is better, or at least has a higher ceiling than this current generation. Um and I think it's just going to continue to grow as MOS continues to grow. And, um, you know, as, as not only MLS, but the attraction to the Premier League and other international leagues in the U.S. grows, um, I think it's going to be a, a big deal. And, and so I'm excited to watch that continue to develop as much as USMNT right now is pretty depressing, I think, over time. Uh, that's yeah, I was thinking. I was talking about that earlier this week with somebody on our Twitter, and it's like it's interesting how, with how like optimistic we are, we're also like depressed at the same time. So, like yeah. U.S. men's national teams are like very everyone is a lot of excitement there, but there's also a lot of like overflow depression from mm-hmm. the last World Cup cycle and like the Concacaf schedule in general is like grueling. So there's no guarantee that the best teams get out. Unless you're Mexico, apparently. But <laughs> it's uh, it's like a good Smith song, you know. On the surface, it seems very cheerful and exciting, and then you listen to the words, and and it's uh, it's a dark. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> leftover anxiety yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> um, you want to talk about uh, Man United finishing uh, in a tie for third, but uh, officially in. Oh, third they finished place. third, Stephen. Don't take that away from them. Yeah. Yeah, like this. So the with Manchester somebody else. United. Yeah, well, the goal differential it counts. <laughs> they get that third place spot. You can't take that away. Don't I try like, to take that. I away. like that Ian just daggered you. I think that was the first Ian yeah, daggering wow. on this. Podcast. Ian with the banter. <laughs> this uh, this was very intense. Like I don't know if you felt that watching these games, Stephen, but like I could feel how much was on the line. Cause it, yeah, I mean that's you know if Leicester wins that game, it's Manchester's finishing fifth. You know, so yeah. Especially with Chelsea looking as good as they did in their game. Um, uh-huh. But United had a lot of possession. They looked to be the dominant team. Leicester are always just one Jamie Vardy goal away from like daggering you. But they look good. Well, Bruno Fernandez penalty action. And then uh, Jesse Lingard stole the ball from Casher Schmeichel on the 98th minute to get his lone <laughs> Premier League goal or assist in the 2020 campaign. So you got to love that for him. The king, the goat. Jesse Lingard making it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Broj had a tiny notebook. He was not happy. 
Yeah, I noticed that this game, and I know like he's always had it, but it looked especially tiny with his. <laughs> I think anytime Braj is unhappy, the world should be happy. If I'm yeah, if I'm so, uh, Chelsea looked great uh, behind the perfect human man, Olivier Giroud, and a handsome man. I think I think we can say it, Belanda or snub Christian Pulisic even though he didn't play especially well in this game. But he dominated against Liverpool in a half. Um, you know, I think the key for Pulisic right now is finding that that bridge between super sub and superstar starter. Uh, that seems to be the final kind of leap he needs to make forward. Uh, but he's 21. I mean, as, as as disgusting as that is, he's still only 21 and he's playing at the you know, at the top level in the world against some of the best teams in the world. So he's he's got everything that, it, you know, that he needs, I think. Yeah, inconsistency is the big thing. And it's like, I don't think he was 100% necessarily because the reason why he didn't start last game was apparently there were some injury concerns. I wonder if that had something to do with how he played here. But he still had those moments where he just turned it on and he can just go from like jogging to all of a sudden he's in the box in like five seconds. So it's, you love to see it. You just need it like more consistently, I think, but he's on his way. But yeah, but again, you know, 21, so I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after uh, Chelsea in four spot fall, Leicester, Tottenham, Wolverhampton Wanderers, great season from them. Uh, Arsenal, Sheffield United, we talked about, you know, kind of a disappointing uh, return after the, pause but overall if you call they, they got it back together they've listened to our conversation yeah. on the podcast and then they <laughs> took it to heart so <laughs> you call the ninth place finish for sheffield at the start of the season i think most people would have been pretty happy with that and burnley at 10th uh same similar story 10th place with a minus seven goal differential you'll, you'll overachievers yeah and at one point burnley have like three people on their bench for this like <laughs> to restart so <laughs> No, that's that's your goal, right? That's what you want. Uh, what do you think about the Europa League spots? Yeah, I think uh, I got him under Mourinho, kind of got it together a little bit, but like sixth place has to be disappointing for them. Like they made the Champions League final last year. I don't think Mourinho, Mourinho has looked like that team has not looked especially gelled yet. Like any Mourinho team, I don't know. You just never know what to make out of them. You kind of know what they are. Um I think Wolves would be a little bit disappointed with seventh place just because they seem to have been in control for a little while and then kind of had some disappointing finishes down the home stretch. Mm-hmm. I wonder what happens with the Damatrori if they're not in the Champions League next year. Um, I kind of hope that he comes to United or something like that, but I don't know. I love Yeah, Traor. yeah, that would be, that's exactly <laughs> what everybody wants. Um, he's phenomenal. I, you know, I, I, I would love to see him on a great club, but I also love when middle tier clubs have a superstar. Yeah, I mean, he's in. I don't think he like regresses by. I just you just wonder if like his ambition is to play Champions League. But. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that is. That's that's everybody's ambition eventually. So, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, 11 through 20 are Southampton at 52. Everton three behind at 49, Newcastle 44, Crystal Palace 43, Brighton and Hove Albion one behind at 41. West Ham United survives a uh, tough relegation fight, but they pulled out of it at the end. 
Uh, With a game to spare. Yeah, yeah, they did all right. And, uh, well, not all right overall, but all right comparatively. (laughs) Uh, Aston Villa also just, just skips out of the um, relegation zone. And we lose, of course, our sweet Norwich City, uh, our dear Watford, not quite Moose, and Bournemouth, about whom I don't think anybody cares. There are people in Bournemouth who have never watched a Bournemouth game, so... um, Thoughts How dare on... you disparage the cherries like that? Yeah. Oh, I will. I shall. I just did, and I'd do it again. Uh, <laughs> David Moyes pulls Jack Grealish's iron calves uh, out of the relegation zone uh, so that he can stay uh, mired in obscurity with West Ham for yet another season. And uh, Watford and Bournemouth go down. Thoughts on all of that? Any of that? I wonder what happens with Jack Grealish, because... <sighs> Everything had him leaving Aston Villa, mm-hmm. and with the like under the assumption that they were going to get relegated, and then on the last day they survived, and like everyone's still circling for him. I wonder if he. I wonder what that team looks like if he leaves. Like, there's nothing. Else <clears> they look like a uh, uh, an EFL team. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty simple answer. Um, Sad yeah. to see Norwich go down, but it had to happen. I mean, it's been a foregone conclusion, right? Ian, uh, there is, as far as I know, no ceremony for relegated teams to, let's say, uh, give out their rose or, or snuff out their torch, uh, mm. Jeff Probe style. But if <laughs> if there was one, what would you like that to look like? Um, I think I think I would like the whole team to line up. You know, the mm-hmm. whole team, uh, like they're watching, you know, a penalty kick or something. And then they got to, uh, one of them has to just kind of kick the ball over to, I don't know, who's like, who's like someone of note in FIFA, or I guess not FIFA, and, and you know, the front offices of the uh, oh, is league. Is there a commissioner? I guess there's somebody. Yeah. Justin, do you know the name? I don't. Let's it's it's it unfortunate that the Premier League commissioner is not as well known as Don Garber. Yeah. Maybe it is not. <laughs> Richard Craig Scudamore, CBE. So yeah, know. he gets the ball and then he just drop kicks it like out of like out of the stadium. I'm pretty sure Richard he... Scudamore was the minister of magic after Crouch, wasn't he? Um, that does sound about right. Uh, but yes, I think I like that. And I like that creativity on the spot. Very well done. Uh, any final Premier League thoughts, Justin? Uh, I'm excited for Leeds coming up. I think that'll be nice to have them back in the Premier League. I'm excited about Marcella Bielsa being back. Not back, but being in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. He's a very interesting manager. And he's uh, someone that, like, Rico Pochettino and Pep have said is kind of their mentor <clears throat> sort. So it'll be really fun to see those dynamics, assuming Pacino is back in the Premier League next year. And he's just a really interesting guy. Um, there is a story from the early 2000s when he was at River Plate that some supporters came to his house after he lost their uh, derby and were harassing him about it. And then he came out with a... Uh, pin grenade and said, you still oh want to God. talk? You can chase them down the street. <laughs> I like this guy. He needs to have more yeah, camera time. I, I love me some Marcelo Bielsa, and that'll be fun. Uh, um, Leeds, also the city that birthed the uh, human stone face that is James Milner. 
and gave him his first 49, 48 professional appearances. Uh, there's been talk in the past about it. They got promoted, him possibly going there uh, to finish his career. And as much as I'd hate to see him leave Liverpool, I think that'd be really cool if uh, if it worked out for both sides. So Yeah, I know as a United fan, I'm supposed to not like Leeds, but you know I wasn't around when they were in the Premier League, so what do I know? Um, but they're a big-time club, and they're one of the original Premier League teams. They're one of the big – they made – the Champions League quarterfinal in the 2000s, so it's nice to have like those big name teams back in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, what do you? Who do you want from the uh, final four? Uh, West Brom is also jumping back up. That's just a one-year relegation for them, right? They were there last yeah, year. Yeah, they're coming back. Coming and, back. Uh, Welcome home. The remaining four: Fulham, Brentford, the Bees. Uh, Ian, look up the Brentford uh, logo. You'll like that one. <laughs> You're going to like it. Uh, Swansea City or Cardiff City uh, are the four remaining two of those teams from Wales. Uh, Any preference, Justin? I like Fulham, especially with my Clint Dempsey love. I have a lot of fond memories of Clint Dempsey and Fulham. Uh, They have had a lot of American players in the day. They're a fine club. I would love to see them up. Brentford is a nice, like, fairy tale team that would be fun to have in the Premier League. I, say, um, I don't really care about Swansea or Cardiff. <clears throat> I say anyone but Swansea. Uh, I will never forgive them for their northern ass, disgusting ass, swamp ass city being <laughs> the cause of Liverpool dropping three points in their last, I guess that was 2018, maybe, when they were not, they were kind of pretenders to the crown, but. Uh, absolutely no excuse for Liverpool to lose that game, and it's entirely their own. I just fault. remember John Joe Shelby having a really good year that year yeah, for some reason. <laughs> but I will just personally hold it against uh, Swansea City. Also, Stephen, uh, they're Welsh, so that would be South. Be south. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm really struggling like with directions on these podcasts lately, so uh, don't ask me where Seattle is. I clarify, I don't want to upset our Welsh listeners yeah. that we have. One or two, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so I like this Brentford Bees crest. Um, and I like, I, I just, I, I like the way it looks. You know, it's very pleasing to the eye. Um, and I want something like this with the capybara head, like poking out of ah, the yes. circle, you know. <laughs> I am fully on the ship for uh, St. Louis capybaras. Or look up, look up Derby County Football Club. That looks just like the state of Montana with a ram in the northwest corner. I like I like the Derby. I like their whole aesthetic because they're black and white, primarily white. Like you said, they got the ram with the the logo in the middle. Just, I mean, honestly, just take the ram head off and put a tinier head on there. You got yourself a capybara body. Plus Wayne Rooney, am I right? So yeah, plus Wayne Rooney. Uh, Ian, it's uh, interesting that you would dig deeper into uh, lesser known. London or uh, English soccer teams because uh, I haven't been cheating. I will, this won't be counted as cheating. We've uh, we've prepared a quiz for you. Uh, unless Justin, you'd like to have anything to say before we jump into that? Oh, I'm ready for Ian to suffer. This is it's a simple up down quiz, and we want to move quick because we've got Justin's hard stop. But uh, there are on this list 25 teams. Jesus. A number of them are completely fictitious. And the rest of them come from the second, third, or fourth level of English soccer. So I didn't dig deep. I did not dig deep 
Ian, I'll have you know that I had nine levels to dig into, and I stuck to the top three. Nine? Nine can you, levels. Can you rise through those in FIFA? Could I start yeah. at nine? Well, you, you, can, can you can start at, at the, the fourth four. tier. If you're playing football manager, you can start at the seventh tier, I think. Um, which is fun. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, just quick side note. like If there are nine levels of English... Soccer. That means yeah. like Baldwin would have a professional. Yeah, right. Like I had, like I could have a shot if I worked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with that in mind, uh, Ian, just a simple, you know, real or fake, we'll uh, do it here, and we'll just get started with AFC Wimbledon. I mean, oh, what are you trying to get with AFC? Because I mean, that's like a conference in football, Stephen. <laughs> it is. Which, the, which is what this is, though. That's, you know, there you go. this you is go. football. Um, I'm going to say yes, because I've, I've heard of both of those things. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> AFC Ooh. Wimbledon is... What does that AFC stand for, though, Ian? Okay. For extra points. Um, American Football Conference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it Athletic Football Club? I assume it is. I've always assumed that, yes. Um, <laughs> so we, shouldn't, we shouldn't speak out of turn. Oh, um, it stands for a fans club, actually. Wrong. Really? I, we're all wrong. <laughs> Negative <Wow>. points. <laughs> a fans club, Wimbledon. Um, number two, Ian, uh, East Coker. East Coker. Mm. Real. That is incorrect. Oh. East Coker... Is the title of a T.S. Eliot poem, uh, but you know you tried. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about the Wycom Wanderers? The Wycom Wanderers. Real. That is correct. They are real. Uh, I I noticed a distinct pattern of you just guessing real, but I'll stick with it. How about <laughs> Little Gidding? Can you repeat the name? <laughs> Little Gidding. Little Gidding. That's that's fake. That's a fake name. That is correct. Little Gidding is also the title of a TSL hip <laughs> I don't like this guy. Uh, how about, Ian? Let me try to pronounce what I wrote here. Scunthorpe <laughs> United. Scunthorpe United. Scunthorpe. Man, you know, reading Harry Potter really screwed me on, like, just the British Isles in general, because everything just sounds like Harry Potter. That's true. Um, it's real. It's a real team. You're correct. Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe. Favorite team, I assume, of, of the aforementioned Rufus Scrimgore. Uh, <laughs> mentioned, alluded to, not named before, uh, but... He, in fact, did succeed. Crouch as Minister of Magic. Magic. Ian, how about Stevenage? Stevenage or Stevenage? That I think Stevenage. My name spelled yeah. with a an H and age at the end. Um, I'm going to say fake. That is incorrect. Stevenage <sighs> is a real name. <laughs> But why? why would it be? I don't know why, but they are. How Sorry, about I'm Scunthorpe. Ian Burnt Norton? Burnt 
North. Real. That is incorrect. Dirt <sighs> Norton is also the title of a TS. <laughs> I don't. T. S. L. Yes. Uh, you can go Google all you want. We've run through all the T.S. Eliot poems on the list. Uh, oh, you'd like me to think that. <laughs> perhaps. How about... Does he have a star on the Del Mar? Yeah, loop? he's from St. Louis. Okay. Right, he's got to have one, right? Okay. okay. Uh, great I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. St. Louis affected his childhood. So, you know, good good for him. Good for you for remembering. Ian, <laughs> how about Walsall? Walsall. <laughs> It's gotta be, right? It's gotta be. It's it's gotta be what? That's gotta be a real thing. That's correct. Real thing. It is real. Because it's awful. Because yes. it's just awful. <laughs> I could not have come up with something that terrible. Yes. How about Ian Milton Keynes Dons? That's fake. <laughs> that is one hundred percent real. Justin, would you uh, like to fill us in on the sort of oh, yeah. history of Milton Keynes? Wimbledon fans, Steve and Andy, and would agree with you because um, MK Dons, Milton Keynes Dons, originally in Wimbledon, a rich dude bought them, moved them to this new resort town called Milton Keynes. Just moved the team, which you don't do in England. You can apparently do it for Stan Kroenke, but you can't do it <laughs> if you're someone from Milton Keynes. Uh, and the a fans club Wimbledon started as a kind of Phoenix club in opposition because they were allowed to move the MK Dons to Wilton Keynes. So that is the, those two teams are linked. That's why AFC Wimbledon is AFC Wimbledon. And that's why Milton Keynes is called the Dons because Wimbledon, their fans are called the Dons. So here's your English lower league football <laughs> trivia. Deeply proud of you for knowing that. I just want to emphasize. <laughs> uh, Ian, number 10, 10 of 25, we've got Honeyduke United. Honeyduke, Honeyduke. United. That's real. That is false, of course, oh. Honey Duke being a sweet shop in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know what, I really, if I would have read more Harry Potter... <laughs> You'd have been fine. I wouldn't uh, even have to know anything about soccer. That's right, they've got it all covered. Uh, do you, pop quiz for anyone that uh, wants to guess the real soccer team that is referenced in Harry Potter. This is the famous team. We've discussed them already today. Was it West Ham? It is West Ham. Good work. That is uh, J.K. Rowling's favorite team, so she made it Dean Thomas, who was muggle-born, uh, his favorite team in the books as well. In the 90s, were West Ham any good? That feels like a time when they might have sucked less, but who knows. I, yeah, I don't know enough about West Ham to answer that. <laughs> so uh, we have moved on to number 11, North Sea United. North Sea United. That's a team. That's a real team. It is not a real team. It is a uh, a, a, a fake team that I made up. No, not based on anything. That was completely off the top well, of my head. Well, that's good. <laughs> Number 12, uh, Ian, is Merseyside FC. Merseyside FC. That's a real team. That is also not a real team. Oh, no. Merseyside is the side of uh, Liverpool that the Liverpool FC... There is a city of Liverpool FC, and there is a Liverpool FC. There is no Merseyside FC. That's correct. Uh, Ian, get back on the horse with number 13, Luttontown. L-U-T-O-N, Luttontown. 
That's a real thing. That is correct. You got it. <laughs> You're back on the horse. Uh, followed up by number 14, Oxford United. I would, I would hope that's a real team, no? They are a real team. You're correct. <laughs> That was a very committed guess, by the way. <laughs> I would hope so. I, would hope that's I mean, I was just saying, if I was no. wrong, then it's wrong that it doesn't exist. <laughs> then I am right. Uh, number 15, Queens Park Rangers. Queens Park Rangers. New, you've heard of the New York Rangers, perhaps even the Texas <laughs> Rangers. But are Queens Park Rangers a real team? Or the, or the New York Rangers named after the Queens Park Rangers? Uh, perhaps, if they exist. Who knows? You've also heard of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Force, which is better known as the Mounties. Uh, they wear a, a, a bright red jacket and ride around on horses. I mean, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> they have nothing to do with this conversation. I just, just thought I'd bring them up. Mounties don't give enough, get enough love as it is, you know? Um, this is a real team. That is correct. Queens Park Rangers, I believe, quite possibly the team on this list most recently in uh, the Premier League. I think uh, just home of Rio Ferdinand. Quick scanned. That is correct. Number sixteen, Ian, the Privet Drive Rovers. That's a fake team. That is correct. <laughs> wow, that's that's the most confident he's been all the time. That all is. <laughs> did you just cor- enough Harry Potter knowledge? I was gonna say, did you correctly clock? Private Drive is the location in Harry Potter. Good for you. Uh, number 17, <laughs> Oldham or Oldham Athletic. Oldham Athletic. That's a real team. You're correct. Oldham Athletic are a real boy. You're really on a roll right now. You got... No, but some, some of these stick out, but not really. You got four in a row. Number five, or number 18, for five in a row, Plymouth Argyle. Plymouth Argyle. Mm. (laughs) that that isn't a real team that would be preferable but they are in fact a real team Uh, Plymouth Argyle do they have Argyle Argyle sweaters I think we have to ask ourselves and if they don't seems like a real wasted opportunity (laughs) I gotta see uh, let's see. Boring logo. I thought Argyle always felt like a men's clipping boutique swear. I actually uh, like their jerseys. Yeah, you know what? They're all right. But they do have a distinct lack of Argyle. They couldn't have put at, le- at least on the socks. Real quick Argyle story for you all. I know everybody's got their own favorite <laughs> Argyle story. I real, once, real quick. <laughs> I once entered a spelling bee at college that was supposed to be like a joke spelling bee, like a, you know, like silly things and memes and stuff like that, that you had to spell. And I expected to do terribly, but I got to like the final six and there were some pretty decent prizes on the line. And then someone gave me the word Argyle, which I know how to spell, except they pronounced it as Argyle, which I did not have any idea how to spell. And so I got it wrong and I was bounced and tragedy struck uh so you know it's a real sad day it's a real sad topic for me but i'm so sorry for that Stephen. thank you i just wanted some <laughs> sympathy now now uh but ian will get no sympathy number 19 preston north end preston north end that's a real team that is correct they are a real team number 20 shakespeare row Shakespeare Row. 
That's that's not a real team. That is correct. They are completely fictitious. Number 21, Accrington Stanley. Accrington Stanley. That's a real team. You are on a roll, Ian. That's another three in a row. You've really redeemed your uh, plus minus here. Number 22, <laughs> Wigan Athletic. Wigan Athletic. That's a real team. You are correct. What's uh, what's Man. the secret? A real real quick mid game interview. What's changed in your approach to these uh, these times? <laughs> what I what I see on that goal. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I'm asking. You know, I don't know. I feel like some of these names have like stuck out in my like my sparse research of like soccer over He's learning in the aisles but like i couldn't tell you jack shit about like some of these famous teams i mean i can't tell you jack shit about these teams either I but like tell you anything. i can tell you they're real most of these teams uh you're just trying to get guesses in deep you know crash hard to the yeah guess, yeah but like crashing that etc i appreciate playing their third of the, the field you, or whatever Peter. uh number 23 and for the final three of this quiz well, your fate hangs in the balance. You certain currently, well, I guess not. You currently have 14 correct, so you're doing pretty well. Number 23, Crew Alexandra. Crew Alexandra. No, that's a fake team. That is incorrect. Crew with an E. Oh, but you cocky in that interview. And they have down <laughs> I wanted to distract him. I wanted to get him off his game, and I succeeded. Crew Alexandra with an E at the end of Crew uh, play in Crew Cheshire in England, and they have a cool away kit that has kind of a fading yellow and black pattern. Uh, very nice. Number 24, Ian. Your final two guesses. Number 24, Hogsmeade FC. Hogsmeade FC. That's a fake team. That is correct. Did you clock that as also from the Harry Potter universe? I, I did. You are correct. But I'm, I'm waiting for something in Harry Potter to be fucking real, you know? <laughs> I'm be like, well, they named it Hogsmeade because of a very famous soccer team. <laughs> like, shit. And finally, in number 25, uh, Chufton Villa. Chufton Villa. Chufton. That's People a fake. Chuffed are not going to be ple- chuffed with your answer. What is it? That's a fake team, yeah. You are correct. Chuffed and Villa, completely fictitious. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of you, Ian. You had some uh, rough patches in there, but you got 16 of 25. Uh, you really, you know, struggled a little bit at the beginning. That that TSL run tripped you up. Uh, but I don't like, I don't like his. Uh, is he a poet? Is that what he is? Yeah. I don't like whatever he writes down. That's, well, Not a fan. He's dead now. So I take. Got the I take him the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's not. And you know, what? he's not invited. He's not invited on the podcast. Good. I say, keep him. You know, good riddance. So Ian performed admirably there, uh, much like the <laughs> Houston Dash performed admirably in the NWSL Hello. final. Justin, tell us all about it. Uh, they won. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Back to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is a good game. Uh, the NWSL games have all been pretty, like, good watches. I don't know if you all had a chance to 
watch that much of the tournament in general. Um, I used our powers of collective hate towards Chicago for an anyone but Chicago win. It worked as Houston won. So that's good. Uh, Orlando Pride had an ongoing curse going throughout the tournament. It was broken when Chicago decided to block them on Twitter. And uh, they ended up getting the last lap because Houston Dash ended up winning the tournament, which is totally out of left field because Houston had been a team that hadn't made the NWSL playoffs before and them winning uh, behind their star striker, Rachel Daly. It was pretty good. It's a feel-good story for a team that hasn't had a lot of those in their NWSL career. Yeah, I felt like this tournament was just a huge win overall. I mean, it's a, it's a lesser-known league uh, that is really trying to fight for credibility, and I think they get a ton of credibility by, as you pointed out in the notes, being really the first major sport league back and no positive COVID tests uh, after teams arrived in the bubble. Uh, that's a huge win for them, and really it's a tragedy that NWSL doesn't have more credibility because that's where some of uh, America's best soccer players, like the, the national team's best soccer players, uh, are playing. You know, because Yeah, they, it was nice. So they got the opener and the closer on CBS. The opener had 500, over 500,000 viewers, which is five times wow. the previous high for a women's soccer game. So it was nice to see them actually get, like, it seemed like there was a lot of hype around this, and I'm glad it worked out. And it was actually entertaining soccer for the most part, too. Yeah, well, the WNT is so many miles ahead of the MNT right now that it's like yeah. it's a shame <laughs> that the league, respective leagues don't have some, some level of equality. So I say we continue to build it. Uh, we are in the throes of the final 16 of the uh, MOS is back. Hashtag MLS is back tournament. Hashtag, hashtag knockouts. I didn't put that in the notes. I apologize. The hashtag MLS is back tournament. <laughs> hashtag off the rails. Um, much like that sentence. The Philadelphia Union in an aptly patriotic matchup with the New England Revolution uh, when it came out ahead. Uh, the Toronto uh, FC, as we already mentioned, thanks to the uh, encroaching slowness of Michael Bradley and other factors, finally were bested by New York City FC, who I believe they've knocked out in the last two playoffs. Is that correct, Justin? Yeah, and I don't know what's happened, but yeah, Michael Bradley did not look good last I think night. It's like, because... but I think both uh, like two of NYCF FC's goals, Bradley was just like standing still on. Uh, just... Yeah, the first one I saw, I caught the replay and was up late enough to see it. And yikes. Um, I think it's because quickness escapes through your head, uh, much like heat. And so, <laughs> because of his lack of hair, <laughs> uh, he's just naturally gotten slower faster. What do you think about that? That, that checks out to me as a, as someone who has studied a lot of physiology, yeah. that I think is something that... Also, just as a side note, very concerning for Sadio Mane because uh, much of his game relies on his quickness and there's not a lot to hold that back. So, um, yeah, so hopefully this is just like him being beat up or tired with the tournament and not like actually. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, on the east eastern bracket, which has nothing to do with direction because all these teams are in the same <laughs> on the east city, side of the bracket. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, my boys in Orlando have uh, prevailed over the Montreal Impact. In the surprise of the tournament, Steve. Yeah. They've been and fun they to watch. fully prepared to be a living sacrifice to LAFC or uh, Seattle. Which, how unfair is this? <laughs> <laughs> that's like if uh, that's like when 
some team has the meteoric run through like the um the i can't think of the name of the tournament what's the tournament in england that has all the teams in it not the oh, FA, cup. Cup. FA, cup. fa cup thank you i was totally blanking on it they have you know the wigan athletic of the world has the meteoric rise and then they get to the final eight and they've got like man city and it's like oh Okay, so they're going to play our their third string and still beat us six to nothing on aggregate. Yeah, LAFC, like both Seattle and LFC have looked really good uh-huh. so far. LAFC have looked just as good as they usually are, even without their best player, arguably the best player in the MLS. Um, and they're just probably going to steamroll Orlando City or wins that game. Yep. <laughs> uh, remaining games in the tournament and the round of 16, speaking of human sacrifices, uh, credit. Where credit is due, FC Cincinnati managed to advance uh, against all odds and uh, human enjoyment to yeah against against all any sort of enjoyable soccer, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, they will be, uh, I would say, rudimentarily cut down, if you will, by the Portland Timbers. Uh, The uh, as we mentioned, Seattle Sounders and LAFC will play, which I would say is probably the matchup of this round of the tournament. Would you agree with that, Justin? I'd agree with that. Yeah, I would say those are the two, if not two of the best teams so far, two of the better teams so far. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, The uh, San Jose Earthquakes, are they just the Quakes now officially, or...? Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> earthquakes too offensive, I guess, or I don't know. Uh, don't they think about the earth. face Real Salt Lake in that bracket, and they will face the winner of Columbus and Man, Man United FC, Minnesota uh, United FC. Uh, who do you think goes over uh, in the Crew uh, Loons game? I've liked Columbus a lot so far. I think, and I don't know, I always say Minnesota won't win, and they do. It just kind of happens. Um, I like Columbus, though. I think that would be, they're kind of one of my dark horses. If I were to say the final four based on this, I would say LAFC versus Columbus, which will be a really interesting matchup, and probably Portland against, I don't know, that sporting and Philly game is tough. Um, probably Philly, I guess, but I I don't know. That one's tough to, to predict, but uh, which would be really entertaining Final Four. Yeah, I'm excited for the rest of this. And before, lest we forget, uh, all credit to Thomas Hassall uh, in the Sporting KC versus Vancouver Whitecaps matchup, which we mentioned, uh, which under the best of circumstances should have been, uh, should have seen Sporting as heavy favorites. Uh, Thomas Hassall, a, what, 18-year-old? Uh, 21-year-old. 21-year-old. Third-string goalie made, what was it, 20 saves? Um, as you, uh, Why don't you tell the story? Because you've written Yeah, so Vancouver have been in this interesting predicament of where they had two goalies to start the tournament. They've been trying to get a backup goalie from the pool of backup goalies that MLS has, but because it's MLS and rules are strange... Uh, the backup goalies that were in the bubble were American goalies, and they would have had to get a extra international slot in order to loan a backup goalie, which is just a bunch of nonsense in the grand scheme of things. Um, so unfortunately, their starting goalie was hurt. Thomas DeSalle, 21-year-old, making his first start. Good old Saskatchewan boy. 
And uh, as is the rule with any third string backup goalie making their first start, uh, pitch shutout. So, you know, that's uh, that's them's the rules. Them's the break. It's divine, right? Really, that it has to happen, and of course, that has to happen in spectacular fashion. Which is Sporting KC like absolutely dominated the game. Dominated the game. Thirty-seven shots. I think they had ten plus on goal. Uh, it is, yeah. There wasn't much they could have done. They could have out at hit the net a couple more times, I guess. But um, it was broken. The curse was broken by an eighteen-year-old because, as we all know, the only way to break the backup goalie making their first start curse is for the young player getting his first uh, big moment curse. So that's true. That's what we have. And that's uh, as we all know. Out. So it's funny how that is all that hysteria to reach what was basically a predetermined conclusion. Uh, but, so, <laughs> they just uh, win in the shootout. I of... fully believe that the penalty kick shootout is both the best and worst thing in all of sport and the entire universe of sport. It is the best thing and the worst thing. And I believe that the NHL should adopt it as their mode of, uh, shootout decisions instead of pretty all this much it. it's like the most nerve-wracking thing in the history yeah. of sport instead honestly. of all this fancy skating up and trying to deke around a goalie you put the puck at the uh circle of your choosing you get a two-step run up and you fire it and you gotta find corners um much more exciting i think and probably very lethal for the goalkeepers which is you know fine uh is the mls the most uh insane league in the world I'm prepared to say yes. Yeah, I think that's after fair. watching this tournament and like not only the just tournament, whatever but... happens, it's you can't bet on the league at all, and uh, eventually you get the result you want. But like after just a thousand times of wackiness ensues, and uh, just on top of all that, the Garber the Garber factor of it all, just <laughs> fantastic. and the fact yeah, it just all the rules and the fact that Vancouver couldn't get a pool goalie because they didn't have a quote unquote international slot because is just uh, it's. Just high-class humor. The Canada-U.S. divide within one functioning league is one of the most <laughs> insane things I've ever heard in my entire life. That would be like, well, imagine if the Canadian teams in the NHL just had a higher salary cap, because which I'm sure some people would push for because their taxes are worse or whatever. But anyway, um, what happens after the hashtag MLS is back is... Hashtag concluded. Um, only Don Garber knows. I don't know how they can go anywhere <laughs> and travel. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the article in The Athletic, but they were pretty much talking like they're going to have games at home markets. The Canadian teams are going to relocate to the U.S., but like, I don't see how that could happen, like how any sort of cross-country travel could happen, especially with what happened with MLB this week. Yeah, it's so it's it's weird to me. I don't know. It's like there's a sense in which because these guys are athletes, they're not at the highest risk of this stuff, but you just still need to be smart, you know, and like when in the case of in the case of MLB, like 14 people on the Marlins got it, so like now the Marlins can't play for 2 weeks. Yeah. So how do you I'm <laughs> I mean, you know, not to be crass, but thank God it was the Marlins, the most irrelevant team in the league. But like, you know, just from a functional standpoint, but I don't know how how you 
adopt for that, you know, and, and st- unless you just postpone the entire league for two weeks, and I don't know how it's going to get any better as we have our uh, second animal interruption of the podcast. Uh, Justin, would you like to bring uh, Demetra into the equation? Uh, she's sleeping right now. She's sleeping on my bed uh, right next to me, so she will not be That's taking shame. part. We could have the, the trifecta. Is she allowed, cat? No, not really. She doesn't talk much. Only time is like if I were to lock her out of the room, she would be yelling. But there we go. I'm well, we'll have to do it in the future. Um, yeah, I don't know how I can go from the optics of like they've looked so good with this tournament of ever since. Like after they sent Nashville and Dallas home, there have been no positive tests. They had their eighth consecutive round of all negatives coming back, and like I know. It probably sucks for the players being away from your family from this long. So that's the appeal of going back to your home markets. I don't know. Like, they probably wouldn't go back to a bubble again anytime soon. Like, I just don't think you can finish the season unless things get better. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're I think you're kind of screwed for sure unless you do something like uh, what NHL is doing. Uh, which, you know, credit to them so far. So good for getting there with no Yeah, I mean, the bubble tests. works. Like, NBA is seeing good results from it. Like, work with NWSL. It's working with the NHL. It's working with uh, MLS. So, like, I guess the best option would be to do it again, like, in the late fall and do that as your playoffs. But yeah, I, mean, I, I would know. say just do another like... tournament, maybe, and just have it. Or have something where you have a couple of bubbles right now and have some sort of adopted season, adapted season, and then have some sort of bubble tournament. But, um, yeah, I don't think travel is possible just because there's too many unknowns, you know? You just don't know. And you have, like, the players might be healthy, but you also have the staffs and, Mm -hmm. like, all their family, everyone they're interacting with. I just don't, I don't see how you can do it in good faith. Yeah. And I mean, you know, right now a lot of the hotspots are in MLS cities with, you know, Houston, Dallas, and California. Such as Orlando. Orlando (laughs) and, uh, you know, Miami. So it's like, I don't know, I don't know how you win at this point. So I think they'll be safe. I think they'll be smart. Um, You know, exposure is good for them, but nobody wants to be the league that is forced to cancel because of their own recklessness. Uh, So... You know, they'll figure something out. But it'll be interesting. I think I think it's going to be a weird kind of real... It'll be a weird reorienting of how America views their sports organizations if somehow, like, M- NHL and MLS pull off COVID seasons or at least COVID tournaments and the NFL and MLB are the ones with egg on their faces. That'll be interesting to see how that adjusts things, if at all. Uh but yeah, any final thoughts on that? Or Ian, you have anything you want to weigh in with there? You know, I think bubbles, bubbles are what's working. Got to stick with the bubble for now. Bubble's just a fun word to say. I'm in my bubble. <laughs> Everyone's in their own bubble. The bubble's working. I haven't left my bubble in a long time. And I don't have COVID, so. That's right. Say the bu- We had the bubble boy on the podcast, and then we're all set to go. Uh <laughs> With all of that said, Justin's got a, a virtual run to get to. Uh, so, you know, he's got to coach people from far away. Um, far away in my, from this very location. Oh, just right there on the, on the computer. That's right here. I'm not going to move. I'm literally going to open up the program. <laughs> that's 
Fantastic. <laughs> Start yelling. Is it just, yeah, is that all you do is you're like a Peloton person who just yells at people? Yeah, so I have an app on my iPad that like goes into, it gives me like everyone's stats and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I can control like when to run, when to walk, and then I give them everyone advice, tell them what to do. Um, yeah. You know, I've been I've been coaching for 15 years. Um, or I guess not 15 years. I've been coaching for ooh, probably like eight years now on my own. So you know, it's second nature at this. Point. Technology is so, cool for stuff like that, and this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, so, yeah. Running is something you can do on your own, and people need more of that right now. So lets me work from home, and that's the that's the uh, nice thing about all this. Yeah, no as you know, Steven, as you know, absolutely. Alrighty, well, you enjoy that, and uh, the next time we reconvene, we'll have a team name. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's it going to be a wear a mask FC, so that'll be fine. Final final guesses for team name. I feel like they are going to do St. Louis United. I don't know why, <laughs> I just have a feeling. Anybody else? Hey, what's the most boring option? <laughs> well, it probably was going to be STLSC, but then Charlotte Down ruined it, so... Yeah, I think it's going to be United. You have a guess, uh, Justin? I'm holding out hope for Capybaras, but... St. Louis Flood. It'd be cool if they went with that instead of the fire and was like a natural counter to... Yeah, what's been our... What's our natural disaster that wiped out half the city? Yeah, I guess that would have to be Flood or Cyclone. Flood. St. Louis Flood. I wouldn't be opposed. Uh, We'll see. We'll know in two weeks. So I'm excited for that. excited. Pumped. Until then, uh, we will bid everyone a fond farewell. Stay safe out there, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you real soon. Adios. Wear a mask. Stay in your bubble. I've been awake for a while now. You got me feeling like a child now. Because every time I see a bubbly face, I get the tingles in a silly place. It starts in my toes and I crinkle my nose wherever it goes. Smile, please stay for a while now. Just take your time wherever you go. The rain is falling on my window pane. We are hiding in a safer place. Undercover, staying dry and warm. You give me feelings that I adore. They start in my toes.